Hello and welcome to While You Were Steeping, a curatorial tea and culture podcast. Oh, I got it right. Um, <laughs> today we are talking to Michael. We're speaking with Adam Akar. Adam is the director of Maikoya, which is a kimono and tea ceremony business in Japan. They have businesses in Tokyo, Kyoto and Osaka. And Adam himself is a PhD in cultural studies and has been teaching courses related to Japanese culture and cross-cultural communication for over 15 years. So he's a Japanese culture expert living in Kyoto at the moment. And he's come onto the show today to chat to us about the history of the tea ceremony in Japan. Yeah, specifically the Japanese ceremony of matcha, matcha tea. Yes, so let's cut straight to our interview with, with Adam and, and see, see what he's got to say. Okay, so here with us we have Adam Akar from Maikoya in Kyoto. They also operate in Tokyo and Osaka in Japan. Welcome, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Very exciting to have you. So what can you tell us about Maikoya and how, how you came to be involved? Well, Maikoya is a cultural experience facility. Uh, we are currently the largest cultural experience venue in Japan with uh, five branches and three big cities. And, um, well, my area is cultural studies, and I've done a lot of cultural research about um, differences in uh, beliefs, uh, values, and behaviors in different societies. And most of the time, uh, when travelers go to different countries, and they um, learn about those countries, they learn about history, but most of the time, they don't understand um what they're looking at, or if they get an, a hands-on experience, they usually don't get the nuances and they usually don't get the symbols and meanings and philosophies behind uh, those uh, rituals. And uh, we said, uh, why don't we just integrate this element? So just do these cultural experiences, but at the same time, we explain to people um, what the meanings behind those uh, behaviors, but the meanings behind those actions and how those uh, rituals emerged and developed and evolved. And that's uh, what makes Michael different from another cultural experience venue. So help, helping your customers to understand the cultural differences and understand the history behind those cultural practices when they learn about tea and 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 other aspects of Japanese uh, ceremony culture as well. Exactly. Uh, you explained better than I did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be silly. So what can you tell us about um, about the cultural significance and history of tea in Japan specifically? Well, it may take about five hours, but I'll, <laughs> I'll try to make it a little bit short. Um, well, basically, um, most of the time people ask us why tea ceremony is significant, why tea ceremony is important. Um well, one of the main reasons it's important is it did not emerge as um, a whole collective societal ritual. It was mostly common among the samurai class. As a matter of fact, um, the tea ceremony, the tea leaves, um, arrived from China 
um, around um, 12th century uh, by a Zen monk. And um, at those times, it was uh, the Kamakura period. And that Zen monk um, had a good relationship so with the, uh, the ruling uh, samurai family. And uh, the Zen Buddhism or Zen philosophy started spreading among the samurai warriors, and which fit quite well with their um, with their lifestyles or with uh, their warrior mindset, because uh, Zen teaches you that the death is just beginning. Um, and samurai warriors also, I mean, the rulers or the generals like that because it made uh, the warriors uh, fearless. Um, it also helped them cope with all the stress they had to fight all the time. And it started spreading around the samurai. A lot of people wouldn't know that, but uh, the Zen Buddhism basis started spreading around the samurai. And um, the samurai, samurai class, uh, had gatherings uh, with the tea guessing games so it was not the matcha powder like we're doing today uh, we're talking about 1300s in 1300s in kyoto where i am right now in the romance period uh, the samurai uh, samurai uh, groups gather and they used to have like five six different kinds of tea and they used to drink um from the same bowl they used to drink from the same bowl to show their allegiance and trust to the generals and other samurais. And they try to guess uh, the taste. I'm, I'm wondering if they have those kind of rituals in other parts of the world, like tea guessing. <laughs> I've never heard of anything like it before. That's amazing. No, neither have I. Well, actually, we, we have that kind of tea ritual in Japan as well, even today. And that was like 1300s. And there was like tea guessing game or the incense guessing game. Uh, the samurai families, like samurai groups are gathering. And um, 1400s, then matcha became a little bit more co uh, common. And um, the shogun, shogun means the ruler or the top samurai. There's one, one samurai, which is which governs the whole country, all samurai groups. And you may have heard of uh, daimyo. Daimyo means the leader of the clan. Mm -hmm. And there are like, there are dozens of clans. And there's one clan that dominates all the clans. And the top of that clan is shogun, which means the top of the country, the political leader. And um, there was a one shogun, Ashikaga Yoshimasa, and he was a very humble guy. Uh, he said, like, he was a very nice guy. He was a bad samurai, but a nice guy. <laughs> and he built this um, silver palace, Ginkakuji, in Kyoto. And he dedicated his life uh, to cultural events. Like, he actually is known as the founder of, like, No Theater. And he really liked calligraphy. He really liked tea ceremony. Um, so it became um, more like... Um, it was. It became more and more similar to the tea ceremony, of like the drinking ground matcha tea leaves by following certain set of procedures. And mm. and the first half you usually don't talk much, and the person prepares it, and person serves it to you, and does not drink it. And this is like uh, this is a uh, immersion fourteen hundreds. 
And um, 1500s, some merchants in Osaka also, to have good relationships with the samurai, they got interested in, in tea ceremony. And one of them was known as Sen no Rikyu, who, was, who got very good at it and who developed uh, more rules and uh, very precise rules and who said it should be more like wabi-sabi. Wabi-sabi means beauty and simplicity or the rustic ele- elegance, which means uh, something um, asymmetrical and old may actually be more aesthetically pleasing. Mm. So it uh, developed this kind of uh, mindset and he applied it to tea ceremony and he became uh, the teacher of uh, ruthless warriors, very famous uh, warriors um, at that time, actually, like two of them. And he's also known as the founder of uh, tea ceremony because uh, until then, th- that was like a tea ceremony gathering, but he built 40 different tea houses and he um, wow. you know, uh, developed certain rules that we know as like YK Sejaku today. Um, and later on, I can explain what those terms are. <laughs> um, so since he kind of, you know, he's in the uh, historic um, records and he's, uh, he developed uh, many rules and he's known as the founder of tea ceremony. Just before we go on, um, I, I'm just really interested. I just had a question about the um, the guessing game that they used to play. Yeah. Um, what what exactly were they trying to guess? Like a variety of tea? That's right. Uh, That's right. Basically, um, I, I don't want to give you any wrong information. I don't know about the details, but basically there are different types of teas. Uh, but mm-hmm. you do not... Um, know what which cup had what kind of tea and then you have to drink it and then you have to guess what it is whether whether it's right or wrong great and with the arrival of when you said uh the pursuing of beauty and simplicity would you say that this is the point at which the tea ceremony started to become more spiritual or started to have a more kind of spiritual association um so the reason it's more likely it's associated with spiritualism is, um, well, it was first, uh, it was brought by a Zen monk. Mm-hmm. And at first, uh, people considered it, it uh, as, a me- as a, part, a piece of medicine. Mm. So it was served to uh, the shoguns or emperors uh, when they had uh, some... Um, you know, bodily misfunction or some problems, some health problems, they serve them tea, green tea, matcha uh, powdered, uh, powdered matcha. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, they started using it as um, something that helped them stay awake at night because it has caffeine in it. And they use it to pray for a long time uh, to not to fall asleep at uh, late nights but it was always uh, as part of the uh, buddhist monastery like in uh, for instance uh, one thing a lot of people don't know is if you come to japan you'll see a lot of shrines and temples shrine is depends on religion based on shinto 
mm-hmm. uh, which means anything can be kami, God, and it has some relationships with the mythology and imperial family. Um, but in shrines, you usually don't find uh, tea rooms. Tea rooms are usually found in Buddhist temples. Right. And uh, Buddhist uh, monk training usually involves some sort of practice of tea ceremony as well. So it's more like it was associated with Zen Buddhism from the very beginning. And, um, and the process itself usually do not talk much in, in, the, in certain parts of tea ceremony. And you, you only focus on only the process and do not think about anything else and you don't, do not think about worldly desires and people consider it as a spiritualist but in japan it's not considered that way right it's just one cultural thing of course okay and so yeah. just to be clear you said that you you wouldn't really find tea practice or tea ceremony in shintoism at all um it's not we don't find it in shintoism it's uh, more associated with buddhism um, and in terms of like a tea ceremony is usually held at tea rooms. We call, uh, we call it chashitsu. And um, so, for instance, in Kyoto, when I walk into various temples, I see chashitsu, tea room. But I go to shrines, usually there are no chashitsu. Okay. But if you're not familiar with Japanese culture, you may not know that Japanese follow both Shinto and Buddhism because uh, both are different from monotheistic religions where there is no significant judgment day and there is no significant God. Right. So they both, yeah. Great. Okay. Excellent. And you were telling us before um, that you wanted to talk a little bit more about the rules. So what can you tell us about those rules? Uh, the rules of tea ceremony? Yes. Is that, is that way? Okay. Well, as I said, uh, the Senyoruku laid out these four rules, wa, ke, se, jaku. Um, so wa basically means harmony. Um, and there needs to be, and when we say harmony, it's not, it's about like harmony in everything. Uh, you know, like harmony, when you enter the room, um, there's a balance in like a windows and tatami floors and the balance of colors and um, and like a harmony in the environment and harmony in the tools and harmony between the guest and the host, like harmony in everything. So that's uh, that basically why. Basically harmony in, in the universe. <laughs> so it, it's part of um, the Buddhist philosophy as well. Uh, K means uh, respect, and um, tea ceremony in, in the tea ceremony process, uh, there is respect shown, uh, oftentimes in various ways uh, by the hosts and the guests. For instance, uh, when you um, when you uh, enter the room, you bow, and when you um, serve the tea, uh, you bow. When you receive the tea, you bow. And before drinking the tea, you tell the person who's sitting next to you, if you don't mind, may I drink it before you? Hmm. Because you have, it has to be drunk by order. Uh, 
So there, there are multiple ways that you bow and multiple ways that you show respect to the guests and you show respect to the tools. Um, there's actually even hierarchy among the tools. Like some tools are brought to the room before the others. Um, so it's not only the, um, the presence of the concept of respect, but also uh, the display of the respect, uh, it's uh, it's uh, very obvious. I mean, like, if you go to uh, a coffee shop in Sydney and if you order a cup of coffee, uh, if it's not a, like a fast chain like a Starbucks, if it's like a traditional coffee shop and uh, the waitress or waiter brings you a cup of coffee, uh, the waitress also shows us some respect in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But like you know, respect actually exists in all societies in, in one way or or another. Mm. But in tea ceremony, it's it's just more uh, more subtle, but at the same time, it's omnipresent. It's um, very de- very deliberate. Uh, yes, and like uh, as I said, like multiple times, the person. Uh, shows it and displays it in multiple ways you show and display it. Mm. So it stands out in a way. So that's why it's one of the yeah. rules. Like the first rule like, was like, wall harmony and the second rule was like, okay, respect. Um, the third mm. rule is uh, say, which means purity. So this actually has its roots uh, in the Shinto belief because in Shinto, Japan's own religion, everything has to be pure. That's also one of the re- like explanations why many foreigners find Japan a little bit cleaner than other countries. Like when my brother came to visit me and like he was asking me, like the parking lot at the airport, he thought it was like the carpet, but it was not. It was like concrete, but there was no spot on it. And it was like, why is it so clean? Why everywhere is so clean? Uh, that one of the reasons is like everything has to be pure in Shinto, and you um, symbolically purify yourself if you're entering a Shinto shrine and so on. And if the tea house, the tea room, is uh, located in a tea garden, uh, there's a basin, and you wash your hands and you purify it. And also, before the tea ceremony, uh, before the host serves the tea, he or she symbolically cleans the tools with a piece of cloth. And But the tools are usually clean anyways. So that's symbolic cleaning. And that's not only to clean, not only to clean the tools and utensils, but also clean your heart and mind. Um, so that's one of the aspects of the ceremony that may uh, be stemming from the Shinto uh, aspect as well. And would you do that cleaning um, in view of the person that is going to drink the tea or would you go and do that before they see? That's right. I and mean, I'm very happy that you asked that because... Uh, so you do clean in front of other guests. Uh, you all, of course you okay. clean before the guests arrive. Uh, considering the like the the charges in the medieval times, um, you know, obviously 
it wouldn't have been so easy to clean the stuff. Uh, you clean before the guests arrive, but you also if you do clean in front of the guests. And the one other reason that you do clean in front of the guests is in the medieval times or in like 1500s, 1450s, 1600s, samurais gathered and did a tea ceremony. And they used tea ceremonies as a tool to form political alliances. And sometimes these samurai group, samurai clans are not necessarily allies. And, um, and when you enter the tea room, uh, all the samurais are supposed to leave their armors and swords outside the tea room. And there's a tiny entrance that you must kneel to get in and it's difficult to bring your armors and swords anyways. <laughs> but one more thing is since you don't know exactly, and sometimes that person is an ally or not. So you do clean very tediously in front of the guests showing that there is no poison. in it. Wow. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> amazing. So that's also one, one more thing that, uh, has a uh, you know multiple reasons and multiple explanations mm. um, and carried over from such a long tradition and a long time ago and that's right that's right on our show we um Hayden and I have discovered over the last six or seven episodes every every culture that we look into every every piece of history that we've covered yeah. there is such uh, deep political history around tea, and it's always a little bit funny and a little bit unexpected for us. Um, so it's amazing that even, as you said, you know, big mm. political deals might be struck over over a tea ceremony. Yeah. Yes, and this was like the 1500s, mm, and later yeah. on, evolved and changed. But 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 the rituals and the procedures they remain the same, mm. and that's. One of the unique things about Japanese cultures and Japanese are very good at like uh, preserving uh, those uh, rituals and nuances and little details for a very mm. long time. Mm. Absolutely. And so was that, is, so those are like the three rules, there's only three? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So you're, you're a good student, so you, ca- you <laughs> caught it. <laughs> so the last one is uh, Jaku. Uh, Jaku means tranquility. Um, so if, if you follow these uh, three aspects, three elements, and eventually you reach uh, Jaku, which is uh, the peace of mind. Um, in, in Zen Buddhism, there is a concept called Satori. And Satori and Jaku are a little bit similar in a sense. At the end of the day, you have to have a clear peace of mind and you have to forget everything about the outside world. And like sometimes when we tell the guests that they have to take off their watches uh, because you have to, you know, you don't have to think about time. At the same time, you also don't have to have plastic or metal or <laughs> material belongings that are related to the material world. So you have to have, Jack, you have to have peace of mind. And um, 
and it's similar to awakening but awakening is obviously more a deeper concept but it's maybe uh, a moment of it or a or it's just like a just cleaning your mind completely, uh, having peace of mind and not thinking about your sorrows, your worries, uh, your tasks, uh, other things that may keep your mind busy. Yeah, so that's four basic elements that were laid out by uh, Senorikyu. Uh, who was thought to be um, founders of um, the one the founder of the modern tea ceremony? Great, great. So, how uh, integrated is tea ceremony into daily life, as opposed to sort of it being a yeah. exclusively religious uh, ceremony, or is it sort of quite integrated into people's lives? Well. The answer I uh, you may be expecting may be different from what I'm about to tell because um, tea ceremony is known by all Japanese people. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, most big temples have a tea ceremony room and um, many children experience it at least once as part of their learning of their own culture. Um, but today, um, maybe only three to five percent of Japanese population would be uh, practicing it uh, as part of daily life mm -hmm. because um, it's it's more like a cultural ritual. It's not like you do it every week or every day. Of course. And Japanese people, and in tea ceremony, uh, as I mentioned before, people drink like ground matcha teas. But most Japanese, we drink green tea at home, uh, but it's not ground matcha tea leaves. It's basically tea leaves, uh, boiled tea leaves. Yeah. Mm. It's not ground tea leaves. Yeah. yeah. So it's... It uh, I, I, it's a little bit different, and also matcha ground matcha is kind of high quality, so I'm not I, I don't want to say we drink low quality, but <laughs> but basically we drink boiled tea at home, and um, so there are tea ceremony circles, and a lot of people, uh, as I said, maybe like two three percent of population. They do it as a hobby. So they, you know, they go to their circles once a week or once a month. Uh, and also the temples organize these community gatherings uh, where they do a uh, tea ceremony, at, uh, usually to celebrate the beginning uh, new seasons or new beginnings or new years, uh, new tea harvest season or mm. new batch of tea. That's how it's integrated to social life but not in a way that people may expect that like all japanese do it once a year or something like that yeah. that's not relevant case so right. so it can it can be done at home or at a temple it, it is not it's not like specific to only at a temple yeah it's um uh it's like um 
it's it sure can be done at home it can be done by the river it can be done in a cave <laughs> uh it can be done anywhere you want but uh it's usually done in a tea ceremony room which uh, has prerequisites uh, in a way it's supposed to have an alcohol it's supposed to have uh, certain measurements and the the door has to, to be certain part of the room the alcohol has to be certain part of the room and the alcohol has to have um a scroll that was prepared for that occasion mm. and a, the flowers has to be on the left side of the uh, the scroll and uh, there are certain rules and it's usually conducted in that tea ceremony room but this does not mean you cannot have a bowl of tea by yourself by the river and it's and no one can say oh it's not tea ceremony because basically uh the founders of tea ceremony did not say it's only in this room mm. right i don't know i mean i i cannot come up with a good analogy <laughs> that explain that but no it makes sense so and and these kinds of things that you've that you've told us all about today and that you've talked us through today including you know the the lessons uh, and 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 the rules um these are the kinds of things that someone would learn if they were to come and do a ceremony at Maikoya um well Maikoya tea ceremony is basically um introdu- introduction to tea ceremony and oftentimes guests wear a kimono because uh, usually the proper way of practicing tea ceremony is like you wear a mm-hmm. kimono um so they they wear a kimono and they learn about uh, they we also tell them about like the significance of kimono there there, there are also many s- strange things about kimono for instance like a lot of people don't know why kimonos have long sleeves mm-hmm. why it has uh, no uh, buttons and so on mm-hmm. so we also explain the historical background of kimono and then uh, we explain them about like tea ceremony room tea ceremony garden and the process um, so they, uh, had, they get a condensed view of tea ceremony and they learn about uh, the foundations and basics of tea ceremony. They practice making their own tea. Uh, but you know, look, if you take tea ceremony lessons, it can be like 10, 20, 30 years. It's ne- it never ends. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like a condensed, um, informative and hands-on way of, doing a cultural activity uh, rather than like uh, learning everything because learning it, it would be like an uh, encyclopedia. So that would be boring on your trip. <laughs> so you don't want to sit down and study. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's a dance form of uh, educating them and giving them a hands-on experience. Mm. Right. Okay, well, I have one last very short question before we let you go. If we were to sit down for tea in our in our home, you know, not not a ceremony, just a, a casual cup of tea, um, what would we say? Would we say itadakimasu or would we say something else? Oh, very good, yeah. Um, so tea ceremony is uh, the simple procedures. So you... Um, 
start with the ritualistic uh, cleansing of the tools and you just uh, presume that you're cleaning your mind and your heart. And also, uh, one thing we haven't mentioned is the meditation aspect of tea ceremony. So when you clean and you have, like the three tools, so when you clean them, the whole idea is you're going to do it over and over again, and you're not going to think about what you're going to do next. And that's actually when you experience a little awakening. Mm. So, uh, so you don't have to worry about what you're going to do next. And that frees your mind. And that's when you reach the flow state. Uh, the flow state is you're, uh, basically, you don't care about your environment and you don't care about time flow. So that the first you put yourself, your mind on ease, um, basic tools, basic procedures, and then, um, you boil it, you boil the water and you, uh, drop the water. And one thing is in the tea ceremony room, it has to be quiet. So you realize every little thing, including the sound of the drops of the water into your teacup. So you sense that. So that's a, like a piece of mindfulness there. And then um, maybe this, this part you may not like because you usually serve it to the others. You don't drink it. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is a good part. <laughs> or maybe it's yourself. You just put it and you just go to the other side of the room and you pick it up. <laughs> um, and also one thing is you show the beautiful part of the bowl or tea bowl uh, when serving to the guest, uh, meaning, uh, implying that I'm, you know, I care about you a lot. Look, I'm even showing you the beautiful part of the bowl. It's facing towards you. Mm. And then as a guest, when you pick it up, you turn it to the other side to show the uh, host that I, I get it. Now I'm showing the beautiful side to you and I'm not drinking from that side to not to damage that part. Oh. Wow. That's amazing. And you usually um, in three, four sips, uh, that's the Japanese way. Maybe in the past things, uh, like they also eat sweets in three pieces. A lot of things are mm. done in three, four steps. You drink in like three or four steps. Okay. Um, and in the last uh, sip, you slurp it to show that I drank it up. I drank everything. It was very delicious. That's why I'm like, I'm drinking everything. So when you're drinking at home, I recommend, this is like a, as a Western, it's something I tried. Um, there must be bowls, uh, small salad bowls or small soup bowls at home, and you may try using it. And you may, you would be surprised how convenient and uh, nice mm. feeling it has, actually. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one thing, I mean, instead of a, a cup or a, gl a glass, glass or whatever, you can try to use mm. a small bowl next time. Great. And you try to sense little yeah. sounds, um, 
related to the tea ceremony. So you don't need to say anything when you receive the tea, though. the The drinking and and the gesture is enough. Or um, it, well, there are there are a lot of things to say. So one of them is that you can say uh, say itadakimasu, uh, or you there's another person osaki ni chodaishimasu. So that, as I said before, like if you don't mind, uh, I'll go before you. Ah, mm. uh, yep, yep. Uh, usually, there's like one bowl, uh, but itadakimasu. You can certainly say it, uh, or you can say sakin chodaishimasu, or there are multiple other things to say as well in Japanese. But itadakimasu is fine. Great. Yeah. And those the the three tools. Uh, are we talking about the the bowl, the whisk, and a spoon? Um, there are actually Sco- more tools. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so there's a container for the dirty water, like when you wash and clean. Uh, and there's uh, the tea container, tea caddy, and uh, there's like, as I, maybe you said teaspoon and tea whisk, and there's a cloth for cleaning um there's a uh, there's actually even lid holder like usually there's there are metal pods and in mm. the tea ceremony you have to uh hold the lid of the teapot and put it on a tea lid holder <laughs> so uh, there are about seven eight uh parts i, I can show i can send you a link that you can see the the names and and what those are called. That would be great. Yeah, sure. We could even put that on our um on our Instagram or something Absolutely. for people to see when they listen to this episode. Great. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to uh, you. Likewise. Thanks for the opportunity. And anyone who wants to find out more about MyKoya can go to MyCore. That's M-A-I hyphen K-O dot com. They have uh they have businesses in Tokyo, Kyoto, and Osaka. So if you're ever visiting Japan or if you're in Japan at the moment, check out Maikoya. And uh, thank you very much, Adam. Have a great one. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure and good luck with everything. Thank you. That was fantastic. Um, I didn't know any of that. So (laughs) I've learned a lot today. Um, I particularly Loved the guessing game, the tea guessing game. Me too. And also the uh, the cleaning of the tools to make sure they weren't poisoned. And how that has translated yeah, into I know. modern ceremony. Yeah, It comes right back to what we've always talked about with all of those crazy political ramifications. And I love that business deals always get made over drinks, you know, no matter what culture, whether it's, mm. you know, in Western culture, you know, business deals over whiskey, business deals over beer. And then, you know, in, in, in Japan, we've got business deals over a matcha tea ceremony. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Okay, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and get to our reviews for this week. Alrighty, let's get started. So we have three teas today. Another two from uh, the fabulous teas.com.au that we got to try last week as well. What did we try last week? We tried their Lapsang Sushong. And yes, and Gabba, Gabba Oolong. Oolong which right. I love. Yes, loved that Oolong. So we've got another two from teas.com.au and we've also got um, another tea from another new tea partner. So we'll get to them in a minute. But 
I think we should start with the fairy tale tea. <gasps> what a dream, fairy tale. Well, it okay. sounds a bit dreamy, doesn't it? It does. So it's a white tea, which we love. Um, and it has also strawberry, rose, apple, globe, aramanth, hibiscus, rose hip, strawberry leaves, and flavor. <laughs> Lovely. So, mm. yeah, it's going to be, a, a, just from reading that, a very, like, very fruity and sort of, I'm imagining probably a little, a little tart. But, yeah, it definitely smells sweet and, and delish. Yeah, and when I was when I was pulling it out of the sachet um, to put in my strainer, I, I had really quite large clumps of these rose petals. You know, like an entire little rose bud kind of fe- fell into my strainer. Um, so yeah, me too. Yeah, it's beautiful, and actually, uh, it's very exciting. If you're on our social media, you will have already seen this by now. But for those of you who aren't, we have started after after seven episodes have finally gotten on to the fact that we should start posting photos of this of the tea we're trying and little videos of how they steep. So you can actually go watch these teas steep on our Instagram and Facebook and also uh, just have a closer look at what the, the leaf texture is like and all the little bits in there um, in case you're interested. Yeah, so head on over to our social media and you can, you can check out the teas loose leaf and you can see them steeping as well. All right. Well, so this was uh, just about three to five minutes hmm. for this one here. And I, I went just below boiling for this one because it, it just says hot yeah. on the sachet. And it says boiling for their black tea. So I went for about 90 mm-hmm. degrees on this one because it's a white tea. And I thought that was a pretty safe Yeah, bet. it's usually fine. So let's okay. see how we go. Oh. Yeah, oh, I love this. Oh, I hate comparing teas to tea too, <laughs> but I actually used to have I used to have a white rose tea that tea two makes, and I used to drink it um quite a bit. And this is it's just more full. Mm. The flavor is just it just pops more. I really. It's this is gorgeous. Hang on. Yeah, I think mm. I think you're absolutely right. It's I think it's the addition of like the different strawberry flavors and the fruit flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think potentially like just rose and white tea is obviously going to be like a more pure white tea taste. But in terms of like a more sort of fun, interesting taste, this is definitely sort of a different level. But it's not too different and it's not too fruity. Mm. It still, to me, feels very much like a white tea. You know, I'm not, as much as I'm enjoying the rose and the strawberry and the hibiscus and everything else, I'm not, like, it's definitively still a white tea first and foremost, which I'm grateful for. Mm. Yeah, it's certainly not becoming a fruit tea anytime soon, Mm. you know? (laughs) Like, it's at best herbal. Yeah, that's it. Herbal, Herbal at best, but it's almost not even that. It's, oh, it's. I really love this. I, I tease AU are starting to churn out the goods. They've they've got a mm. good track record so far. Three for three they on do. this one. I mean, the Lapsang Sushong kind of doesn't count, but it <laughs> it seemed like it was a good Lapsang Sushong, even if it was <laughs> impossible. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yes, that's a big yes from me. Tick 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 tick. 
<laughs> All right. Well, then I guess we should move on to the next one from from these same lovely folk. Sure. Where are where are T's AU there in Sydney? That's right. That's yeah. right. We talked about this. They're on Clarence Street. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So then our next one from T's AU is the Vanilla Delight. Yes. So this is a black tea, which also has osmanthus flowers in it and some natural vanilla flavoring. So it's just going to be like a, a cute vanilla black tea, which is always delicious. Um, if we were comparing to T2Ts, I imagine it would be a lot like Melbourne breakfast. Um, <laughs> I, um, when I, when I pulled this out of the sachet, I had to kind of really shake the sachet around a little bit because at first I went to scoop in with my teaspoon and all that I got was just the big vanilla, oh, the big yeah. strands of vanilla. And I went, hang on, that's, that's not everything that's in here. So I, I shook it around a bit, but yeah, it's so nice to see such a large, mm. full the vanilla strand. Yeah, it's actually a gorgeous looking tea with the little yellow flowers in it as well. So you should go mm-hmm. check it out. All right. Let's, let's give this a... Oh, it smells, it so, smells good. so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-mm. Mm. Okay. You don't sound convinced, but I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I. I'm I'm not getting as much of the other flavors as I was expecting to because it smells so strongly of vanilla when you pull it out of the when you pull it out of the sachet and then when you steep it. Mm, but mm. on on my mouth on 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 my tongue, I'm kind of mostly just getting the black tea. Well, I see. I I don't know if I agree. <laughs> I I just feel like it's like I I know what you mean. Like it, it definitely doesn't taste as strong as it smells. But um, I, it, it is to me very, like, different to just, like, having any other black tea, you know? Like, it's, right. it is very clearly vanilla and it has, like, that smoothness of the vanilla. I, I, think, I think I'm going to need to wait until I try it with sugar and milk and see what happens then. Which would undoubtedly make it, like, a little baked good in a cup. Oh, don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, yes, let's do that. Let's do that right now. Okay, adding my sugar. Yes, I'm doing my soy milk as usual. Ooh, like a really nice light caramel kind of color. It smells so good. Oh, yeah, okay, see, already, already I can smell that I think. It's going to pop a little bit more for me now. All right, here we go. Mm. Oh, yum. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. And I, I love when I'm right. It's so, <laughs> it's so gratifying. But the sugar, the sugar in the milk, just adding that half a teaspoon of sugar for me and then adding my oat milk has it's made that vanilla pop just a little bit. And it, mm. I, I really am tasting the difference now. I, and it's exactly like you said. It's like a little baked good in a cup. <laughs> this is so good. Delicious little cupcake. <laughs> Oops, I just accidentally finished the entire cup of tea. Oh, my. Oh, dear. <laughs> 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 okay. I've, I, I, I'm willing to recant my testimony. <laughs> and and this one is a solid recommendation from me as well. Um, <laughs> but Good. but 
maybe not black. I, I don't know that I'm 100% sold on it black. You just wanted teas. Are you to to have a a less than perfect tea? <laughs> That's it. I was just trying to I was trying to level level the playing field for them, but I couldn't because it's still <laughs> delicious. Okay, well that brings us to our last tea of the day. So our last tea is from Herbtastic. That's Herbtastic. <laughs> That's H E R B T A S T I C. Herbtastic. Um, and you can find them at herbtastic.com.au. They're based in uh, Matraville in New South Wales, which I think is a little bit of a way out of Sydney, if I'm not mistaken. So Herbtastic uh, pride themselves on wellness teas, uh, organic, vegan-friendly product, handcrafted in Australia, no added flavours, all of the kinds of things that a lot of tea drinkers love to get behind. Uh, And this one that we're about to try is called Detox. Uh, and they have a hot, they have a whole range. So they've also got a, a heartburn tea. They've got a slim tea and they've got a couple of other wellness and beauty and digestion teas. So this seems like a good time to talk about uh, a big trend that's come up in the wellness industry in the last uh, couple of years, I would say, which is uh, detox tea drinking and slim tea drinking and stuff like that. Um, There are lots of ingredients that we know that are scientifically very much supported and and understood to be very good for you for a whole bunch of different reasons. This tea that we're about to drink, for example, has dandelion root in it, and there's good scientific evidence that suggests that dandelion root is good for kidney function. Uh, But nonetheless, it's very important to uh, be aware or to, to talk about the fact that if you're thinking of taking yourself on a, on a fitness or a wellness journey, um, and, and you're wanting to pursue healthy eating or you're wanting to pursue um, a, a, healthy, a healthy body, uh, the best advice still comes from doctors. Best advice <laughs> still comes from exercise physiologists and personal trainers. And all of the best science out there still supports that a balanced diet and regular exercise is the best way to stay healthy. Um, so just, just be careful when, when looking around at, at detox teas and slim teas and those kinds of things out there. Obviously, we're not medical professionals, Mm-mm. so we're we're definitely not going to be advising you to to go down any path where where tea might uh, be the answer to any kind of physical um, physical ailments or or even just a, a fitness journey for you. Um, but yeah, always always consult the best medical advice uh, and and just be wary that there are lots of lots of businesses out there that are making a lot of money on. Well, profiting off off uh, self image issues and kind of capitalizing on on a very very flawed model of fitness and beauty. So you you can't see right now, but I'm I've been nodding the whole time. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> on that note, let's have a look at this detox tea. So what's it got in it, Hayden? So we have in this tea flaxseed, rooibos. Cinnamon bark, dandelion root, licorice root, cacao nibs, fenugreek seed, and rose petals. So to me, that's like I've never seen a tea with this list of ingredients in it. Mm. It seems I have no idea what to expect with this. Like, I yeah, I'm 
concerned, actually. <laughs> I think I, and upon smelling it, it it um it seems like the kind of thing that's going to be good for your stomach, good for your digestive system, but it may be a little difficult to get down, but that's based on smell. So who knows? It might surprise me. Um, Very cinnamony. Oh, cinnamony. Okay. So that's, that's the, that's the strong flavor in there. Um, and it's all organically grown and ethically sourced, which we do love. We love ethical sourcing in particular. Um, okay. Let's, let's have a whiff of this. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Oh. Ooh. There is a lot of levels to this, and I need another taste. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hang on. Hmm. Bing, bing, bing. It just feels like. Like all these flavors, like hello, hello, it's me. Hi. You know, okay. It's like... I love this tea for its originality and its originality. Stop. <laughs> Get out. Um, and its its oddness. Um, I have actually had a tea kind of like this before. There's a yoga studio that um, anyone who lives in Melbourne or Sydney will probably know pretty well called Humming Puppy, mm. and they often. Um, will will always have tea out in their in their foyer, um, and it's usually these kinds of teas, these teas that have ingredients that are kind of meant to activate certain certain things in your mind or in your body. Um, and there was one once that had dandelion root in it, and sure enough, this is very much reminding me of that tea because it also had licorice. It was licorice and dandelion. Mm. Um, yeah, and you can you can really. Like you smell the cinnamon and you so that you can you like taste the cinnamon kind of first. But, but then, then the licorice the licorice is like that sweet thing sliding down your throat at the yeah. end. And yeah. then the fenugreek seed is almost like a bit savory well, it is savory in mm-hmm. there. Like I think also the flaxseed jumps out pretty strongly as well. Mm. It's it just adds that kind of that really kind of nice, I guess. Nutty is the wrong word because flaxseed no, isn't nutty, yeah. but you know what I mean. It's got yeah. Mm. I I love this. This is great, and yeah, it's not bad at all. And also, you know, for everything for for the huge disclaimer that we just made about about detox teas and and wellness teas, this is exactly the kind of tea that I could see myself drinking if I felt you know a little bit bloated because I just had two bowls of pasta or <laughs> a, a whole pizza to myself. So guilty. Any any day ending with why. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, um, no, and definitely, you know, has a lot of good stuff in there. Like all these things have things in there that are really good for you and do different things for you. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really lovely. And again, just different to anything that's come across our table so far as well. Um, yeah, which is great. Yeah, points points for uniqueness. I would I would definitely recommend to anybody at least trying this. I, d- I don't I don't know if everyone's gonna love it. It seems like the kind of tea to me that would be pretty divisive. Um, mm. But again, that's that's what we love about interesting teas like the Lapsang Souchong is it's definitely gonna start a conversation. So yeah, if you if you're looking for something new and a little bit different, definitely um, check out the detox tea because I think. Yeah, I think I think it'll I think it'll really start start a conversation for you if if you finding that you're a bit stuck in your ways with your tea. If you need to detox your tea cupboard, <laughs> stop that. Get out. Mm. Oh, 
Okay. Very strong, very strong contenders today. I don't know if I can pick a oh, favorite. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say it's the vanilla. Vanilla Delight. The vanilla is really, really strong. And I, I, I think the, the white, the fairy tale white tea is, is a really strong contender for me as well. Cause it's been so long since I've had a really nice, smooth white tea that, that, that excited me. So that was, mm. and then, yeah, no, it's honestly, it's, it's a tie at the finish line because I think just three really interesting, really interesting contenders today. So yeah, props, props for originality. To, to everyone, everyone who Pops played today. All. Now, we have a giveaway, don't we? We do. Herbtastic is giving us a secret mystery present wow. to give away to one lucky listener, um, which very well could be a selection of their teas. <laughs> but it's a mystery, so. Um, but, yeah, so to enter this competition, it's very simple. It's not unlike the previous competitions we've had the last couple of weeks. So all you'll have to do is go to the Instagram or the Facebook, which is at Steeping Podcast, and follow us and tag two friends or more, if you have more friends that you would like to, who aren't listeners of the show. So people who aren't listening to our beautiful voices every week. (laughs) But... Who you think need to be. <laughs> Who you think really need to hear just the sound of a teaspoon stirring against a cup obnoxiously <laughs> for five minutes straight. <laughs> just two 20-something gay guys talking about tea. <laughs> yeah, Welcome. <laughs> Tasting tea with no real knowledge. So do that. Yeah, you could win a mystery tea surprise from Herbtastic. And, of course, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Steeping Podcast or on Facebook, also at Steeping Podcast. I'm Michael Mandalios on Instagram. And I'm Hayden Rogers on Instagram. And, Hayden, you have a new podcast, don't you? Oh, Michael. Funny you should mention that. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, uh, yes, I do. It's called Kill My Darlings. It's an interactive fantasy writing podcast. So if you're a fan of fantasy writing and you sort of want to learn about the world building process, the writing process, and interesting fantastical lore and things that goes into writing a novel, then... Or if you just want to hear more of Hayden's voice. That's true. Um, that's always a, always a valid reason to listen to this podcast, because um, it's just me by my lonesome. So you can uh, go visit Kill My Darlings on any of the podcast streaming services that you're used to, or uh, visit at Kill My Darlings podcast on Instagram. Facebook or KMD podcast on Twitter. And when you say it's interactive, so you talk about elements of your story that you're writing and then listeners can write in and give feedback. Correct. So there's a attached blog, um, which is at Hayden Rogers, R-O-D-G-E-R-S dot net slash kill my darlings. And uh, there you can sort of, there's a blog post, which you can comment on, uh, give ideas, feedback on the things we talk about in the podcast. Great. I think that brings us to the end of this week. What do you say? I say, to infinity and beyond. (laughs) I walked right into that one. Yes. While You Were Steeping is a That's Not Canon Productions podcast.
For more information, head to that'snotcanon.com. Canon with one N.